Hi friends, welcome. Today I want to share with you another photographer, known on Instagram and pronounced by me as Yosigo, Y-O-S-I-G-O, and he is a photographer based in Barcelona. He is an urban exploration photographer, that's how I would classify him, and he has a curiosity for shape and form, for architecture, and for really wonderful and unique light, and being intentional about getting out and finding that light, working for that light, I would I would say. So I'm going to talk about his work today. I will link below to his things. If you're a photographer who does work that is not like his work, which is probably the case, you can be inspired by his work. It has a unique flair to it that I think can inspire creativity in People who are doing something that, that you know, they, they have their niche and they're going about that niche on a daily basis. This is such a violently different type of niche that you can connect some neurons, some creative neurons in your brain and make some interesting things happen for yourself. Okay, the first photo I want to look at today is of a beachfront hotel. Much of his photos tend to be of beachfront hotels. And we have... An interesting orange and yellow color flying around on the side of the building. And then we have some blue in the background and the sky contrasted against that orange and yellow. In the foreground, we have a couple of lights, interesting street lights. It's on a pole, and then you have this round light casing situation on the top. And it's taken from a sort of diagonal angle viewpoint to the building. And he uses this angle quite a bit. You'll see it moving forward. But we see with this photo immediately that he has a high focus on a specific aesthetic, specific angles, specific subjects, specific light, specific color palette, specific color tones in editing. That's a very prominent force in his work. And uh, through this complexity, he has pulled together a very distinct style, which I think is wonderfully interesting. The next photo I want to take a look at is another beachfront hotel taken from a similar diagonal viewpoint to the building. It looks like he got far away and then zoomed in, and he did this in a specific way to create a very specific angle. We have a very simple color palette here. We have white and blue. We have the sky that is blue, and then we have accents of blue all over the building. Beautiful rectangular architecture with some rounded um, what's arches over the, the balconies. Quite interesting. And he has created some very dreamlike um, tones here, and a very dreamlike aesthetic. And this is something that takes time to figure out how to do well. And he's definitely mastered this feeling. We get this sort of otherworldly quality as we look through his stuff. In another one, we have once again a similar diagonal angle. This time we're looking at what looks like an apartment building. And this photo is different than the previous ones because he has zoomed in on the facade of the building and cut out everything else, right? So there's no sky, there's no uh, lamppost or tree poking in. There's no rhinoceros walking down the sidewalk. It's just the side of the building. And one of the prominent forces in this photo is the patterns. He uses patterns consistently for alluring effect. And we've seen this in both of the previous photos. 
the repetition of, of items in the photo to pull us in. And there's a very powerful reason why patterns are so fantastically interesting to us in photography and in art in general. That's because we are fundamentally attracted to patterns in the world, our minds. We are very pleased by it. And this speaks to the idea that our art is designed to build connections with our minds, not the other way around. Even, do we, even though we do craft styles and those styles change over time, the base point of how art is created to interact with us is to engage with something that's built in to us. It's pleasing because our minds say it's pleasing, right? And our relationship with the art that we interact with has intrinsic motivations at its core. In another one, we have a very interesting shot of the side of a house, I suppose. Lots of interesting geometry flying around. Lots of interesting depth here. And the depth is created by the light. In the specific time of day that he got out to take this photo, I would argue that this photo would have a lot less of a feeling of depth and it would feel much more flat if the photographer did not go out at either the morning or the evening. In this case, it's beautifully done. And we have a repetition of rectangles here. We have rectangles shooting out the side of the building, these big ones that I assume are just there for aesthetic appeal. We have the rectangles of the window on the side. We have the, uh, we have the squares and the gate that would open if you were going into the property, I suppose. We have the rectangles in the shadow of the gate. But we also have a couple of rounded elements. At the top of the fence there, we have a couple of circles. And so that contrasts against it and is pleasing and this sort of thing. And, you know, as I look into the background, it looks like it might be a bigger building than just a house. But anyway, um, no matter how big the building, I'd like for this to be my apartment. When it comes to this photo, we see an interplay between complexity and patternicity. What I mean by that is with the previous photo, with the previous photo, we had a high emphasis on patterns. With this photo, we have a mixture of patterns broken up by complexity. So it's not all rectangles. In the last photo, we had, uh, we had a white stripe going down the side of the building, a red stripe going down the side of the building. We have windows in, you know, perfect organized repetition with one another. We had air conditioning units side by side, felt very regular. In this case, we have a lot of different things happening. And the relationship between patternicity and complexity in a given piece of art is kind of like a good drum solo. And I say this because I'm a drummer. And so this is the low hanging fruit for me. When I'm watching a drum solo, what makes me consider it a good drum solo is if there is a, a certain amount of patternicity, meaning a groove that I can follow, my foot can tap to, and then there's enough complexity thrown in to make it really interesting. So if you have too much patternicity, it's just a, a beat. <laughs> but if you have too much complexity, it can start to feel like nonsense. There's no, there's no uh, first beat to grab onto. It doesn't come back around to anything. It just is nonsense. Now, in drum solos, you can wait a long time to come back around to that first point, but you always do. And part of the allure and the, the 
enjoyment of the drum solos, waiting for the person to come back around and trusting that they're going to finally hit back on the beat and it's going to be glorious and then you're going to fall out of your chair, which happens to me a lot when I'm watching them on YouTube at my desk. Another one, once again, we're looking at the side of a building. This time, context has been removed and we have no idea exactly what's happening here. We just see a lot of interesting geometry. We see vertical lines, horizontal lines, some diagonal lines, some stepping formations. And the angle of light was incredibly important for this photo because it would be hard to achieve a sense of depth if the light was wrong. In this case, we have a lot of beautiful separation. The most interesting thing about this photo to me, though, is the single color that makes up this entire photo, and it's sort of a beige color, I suppose. And now there are technically many different shades of this single color within the photo. If you took the Photoshop color picker and ran it over the photo, you would see all sorts of different numbers. But generally speaking, to our eyes, we're interacting with one basic color in the color palette. This is another way to create a dreamlike an unreal quality in a given photo. This is yet another technique that he uses. And this is something that creates an unreal quality because to our minds, we're used to seeing a plethora of different colors in the world. We are a bit thrown off if we see only one color. And there is, what is it, snow blindness, right? If you go to like Antarctica and you're just in a white environment, your brain can do some very strange things. So we're, we're used to seeing a lot of different colors, using that information to, to understand the world, and that's the environment we're used to living in. In this case, this has taken on the approach of removing so many other colors and so much other context that it doesn't feel right. And it's, it creates this very immersive quality to us. I watched a video called The Case for Minimalism by The Art Assignment here on YouTube. I will link below to it. It was a fantastic video about uh, the movement of minimalism in art and uh, specifically around the idea of art and art galleries. And near the end of the video, in describing the allure of minimalistic art, she says, this is a world more simplified than the actual world is. I think that's a fantastic way to put it. There is an intentionality to everything in this photo as well in the way that it feels everything feels like it's in concert and this is another quality that you see throughout his work uh, and this is in stark contrast to very organic compositions i speak about a lot of photographers who use much more organic compositions on this uh, on this channel and i think both are incredibly beautiful and both are incredibly useful in this case we have a certain polish a certain uh certain organization of elements that makes for a photo that feels perfect. The next one, also of the side of the building, we're quite far away. The color palette is burgundy and white and a little bit of green, roughly speaking. And this one is quite different than a lot of his in the case that it incorporates a human. And he has some rather interesting photos that incorporates humans. It's interesting to see his style with a human in it. But we have an interesting interplay between rounded corners and circles here because the building has a lot of roundedness to it. And then you have these three windows, once again, a pattern, that are perfect circles. Crazy architecture. Looks like a fun place to, to wander around and take photos if you're into architecture. And everything feels intentional, once again. 
even the bush. There's a bush popping over the uh, the fence behind the the woman who's sitting down. She also happens to be wearing a color palette similar to everything else in the frame. She matches. It, it, it almost seems planned, but I am going to guess that it's not. It's really wonderful. The photos have his photos. All of them have a sort of drama to them, like a weightiness feel, and that's something that takes a lot of time and practice and mastery to achieve. And you can see that he has a really thoughtful approach to crafting a style that's in, that that is intentional. It's it doesn't feel like he stumbled. Maybe he stumbled upon it, but he knows what he's doing, right? And the weightiness in this photo, the feeling of weightiness, makes you ask why it is. Why am I looking at this photo and what does it mean? And that's a good thing for a piece of art to do. On to the next one. And hey, guess what? It's a building. We have a reddish, orangish, peach colored building. This is one color, but I'm just trying to describe it. The whole building is this color. We have rectangular geometry flying around once again with interesting patternicity and complexity at the same time. We have windows on the side of the building. But what is really interesting to me about this photo is the interplay between stark architecture and nature because we have some different uh, tropical vegetation growing on and around the building. There's a, there's a palm tree growing out of one of the balconies. And so you have this relationship between nature and stark architecture. And I think that's really interesting. That's a it's a good way to create a photo that feels quite nice, and this one feels quite nice indeed. And you know what else feels quite nice? Water. Gonna take a sip. In the next one, we have a rather intricate building or set of buildings. We're quite further away this time. More context, more environment. We can see a bit more of where we are. And the lighting is very exciting, and it seems like a type of lighting that you would have to come at a very specific time of the day to achieve. And the photographer masterfully organizes a, an abundance of complexity into unity here, which is very hard to do. If you want to do this, go practice a lot. <laughs> That's how you're going to pull off a photo that feels this cohesive with so much going on. And also, while you're practicing, seek out these patterns and this light. A lot. I, I'm, repeat, I'm emphasizing a lot because I want you to spend a lot of time fiddling and failing and taking really terrible photos. You come back into the editor, you look at it, and you go, that just did not work at all. Don't share it on Instagram. Go back out. Try again. And then you'll take a couple of good ones and a lot of bad ones. And you'll take a couple more good ones and a lot of bad ones and then more bad ones. But practice adding and removing elements from the frame as you're composing it and as you're cropping it in post. This next one I enjoy rather a lot. We have a shot from the perspective of standing on a balcony looking out towards the ocean. The right side, or half, specifically, uh, uh, because he organized this photo into very deliberate halves, the right half is the ocean. The left half is the wall of the building, the balcony wall. And then we have a balcony railing to our right acting as a leading line starting close to us on the right, going towards the wall and connecting to the wall. 
And then we have a shadow of that railing going across the wall. And it's a little angled, but basically flat. You know, the, the, the top half of the railing is basically flat. And this is, once again, a photo that was created using a very specific time of day. You start to really see how intentional he is and how thoughtful he is about his light and getting everything to feel just right. This photo is like is, is masterfully crafted. And this photo really leans into that dream quality that I'm speaking to. More than anything, this is a photograph of a feeling, an abstract emotional and psych- psychological quality. More than it's a, it's a photo of a place, right? Another one with very little context. We just have different shapes of a part of a building. And you can tell that the building was crafted intentionally to be aesthetically pleasing to look at. It has an architecture that you don't see in a modern-day skyscraper, for example. Really interesting stuff. Now, this is a photo about hierarchy to me. Because in the middle, we have this white U-shaped element in the building where your eye goes to. And there are two reasons why you start with this white U-shaped element and move to everything else in the frame, which is important because if you don't do this, you can end up with a discombobulated frame that just kind of feels like you're taking a photo of everything and nothing at the same time, which is one of my, my most frequent criticisms of most street photography because everything's so cluttered and the, <laughs> I'm just carrying on, the, the photographer hasn't established what the subject is and what everything else is. And if you really look at the photo, you can kind of feel what they were trying to do, but it, it, it doesn't come together. It doesn't work. In this case, the white U-shaped part of the building is the top of the hierarchy because, one, it's white. It's the brightest point in the image. Two, it's in the center of the frame. It's strategically placed in the photo to take your eye there first. Whenever, whenever something's in the center of anything, we go, what is that about? That should be important. And then your eye wanders throughout the rest of the frame and takes in all the rest of the information all subconsciously. In the next one, we have a building with very dramatic and daunting architecture. Lots of sharp angles, very staggering feeling. This photo is mesmerizing to me because it has an almost terrifically terrible quality to it. This is created by the architecture and also, and, and probably the lack of context as well, but also the very severe, dark, shadowy light. It's brilliantly unsettling, and I love that. Next, I want to look at three separate photos at the same time. This is the first time I've ever done this, but through the power of editing, we shall achieve it. We have three different shots, very little context other than the buildings themselves of patterns from different angles. And we see the many different angles he achieves and how they make the photos feel different, right? How we're interacting with the photos differently and the subject matter of those photos differently according to each angle that he went after and how he, emphas- he emphasized certain aspects of the building through those angles. So in the photo all the way on the left here, we have a very white building with balconies shooting off. And so that depth was able to be understood by us because of this diagonal pointing up angle. If he was shooting at it from straight on, you would not, you would not get this, this feeling. 
And also with this photo, what's incredibly interesting is there are little points of color throughout the frame, people hanging their towels on the balconies as people do at beaches. And these, these random points of color create intrigue in an otherwise white photo. Okay, I want to talk about a couple of his photos now that lean heavily into the realm of bizarre. We have the inside of a restaurant with a lovely color palette, blues and oranges and reds. His color palettes in his photos are quite pastel as well. We have coming through the roof of the restaurant, it's like a standard office building type roof. Coming through the roof, we have a burger that is... Looks like it's legitimately the size of a car. <laughs> and it's broken through the roof, and you see the leftover pieces of the, around the outer perimeter of the burger where it, where it broke through. And it's obviously not a real burger because unless it's a McDonald's burger, it would become very smelly very quickly, and also there would be things dripping on people, food code violations, problematic. We also have a pizza coming in on the right-hand side, giant piece of pizza. And... This photo feels very bizarre. Now, if you were to show up to this establishment, you would walk in and go, whoa, this is nuts. This is, this is the best restaurant ever. There's a giant burger, right? When you're looking at this photo, the response is a little bit different. It's, it's more like, what, what's happening here? Where are we? And your mind imaginatively plays and interacts with the photo in that way. In the next one, we have an outdoor photo of a building with a giant banana on top of it. I really love bananas. Every every morning I wake up, I just crave a banana if they're in the house. And sometimes I decide that I have to save my banana until like, like a brunch time. So I'll make like a cereal and put some banana slices in it instead of just eating the banana immediately. And that is self-discipline, my friends. That is what separates me from you. This next photo is about subversion. We have a table and a chair. We have on that table a piece of pizza sitting on a plate. We have next to that piece of pizza sitting on a plate a cup of Coca-Cola, as indicated by the branding. Now, what would be the ultimate subversion is if it was Pepsi in that Coca-Cola branded cup. Oh, but that's not the subversion I'm referring to. The focus is not where you would expect it to be in this photo. I would expect it to be on the pizza. But in fact, it is on the chair. Now, this is not a particularly interesting chair. So you can do one or two things with the one of two things with this truth. You can say this is crap. The photo the photographer forgot to focus his camera and took a photo of a chair. I hate it. You could say, this is crap. This artist is too pretentious. He thinks this is art. I hate it. You could perhaps be looking at it from the standpoint of somebody who has um, traditional viewpoints in photography. I hate it. This is crap. Or you could say, you could take this photo on its own or within the body of work of the photographer, which is an important context point. And you could say, hmm, this is interesting. What's the photographer trying to say here? This photo makes us question why the focus should be on the pizza in our minds. It subverts expectations. Hmm. This photo attacks the status quo. This photo 
fights the system. Revolution. This next one leans quite bizarre. It is of a public phone on a stand. But the stand is not a normal stand. It's some sort of leafy, plant-like type of creation. And this makes me wonder, where was this taken? Why, why does it look like that? What is it? There's a lot of mystery here. It pulls me in in that way. But this is a photo about humanity to me, to some extent. It makes me wonder, why as humans do we like to build things like this? <laughs> what do we like about this? Very good photo. Great lighting. Another one, quite bizarre, of a globe on like a trailer with steps going up to a door on the globe. And we have a bunch of little balls scattered about in the foreground. So we have repetition going on here with the circles. We have a sort of pyramid structure in the background. So we have layers of interest being pursued here. The globe itself is a great subject, and you could put the globe on, like it would be actually really interesting to see the globe on like the salt flats of Utah with nothing else around. That would be fun. But you have layers here. You have the, the little globes on the ground, and then you have the big globe. And then behind it, you have a building, which is quite interesting. And so he angled himself to put these things on top of each other to create intrigue make the photo more interesting, and I think that's fantastic. Now this next photo is once again an example of using layering to create intrigue. We have a sign with some writing on it, another one of those interesting street lamps with the circly dew on top of it. The lamp is sitting on a fence post. We're on a cliff. We see the ocean in the background. So if the photographer was down on the level with the sign, we would probably have a shot of the sign and maybe the sky or some other interesting stuff. But in this case, he got up high. He looks like he jumped way up in the air, took a photo in midair, and this angle helps initiate his style. But the layering here that's so interesting is the sign on the ocean and then the cliffs in the background on the right-hand side as well and all of the wonderful elements in the foreground. In this next one, we have some race cars sitting in a sandy environment. They're white. They look like they've been sitting there for a while. They look worn. And we have, so we have a couple of them back to back. And in the background, we have like the Sahara Desert. <laughs> we have these, these beautiful sand dunes. I know he took a trip to Dubai at some point, and maybe this was taken in that area. But we have this layering of two things that feel quite strange together. This is an example of his style taken into a really interesting situation uh, where he's not normally in. Very quickly, here are two shots taken in the desert that are more standard desert shots, but you see his eye for composition displayed here. Here we have four different shots at a water park. We have his style applied to a very specific environment, and we see repetition of the, the types of techniques he's using on his building photos, we have some inner tubes stacked up. We have a guy carrying those inner tubes, so he's looking for these, these bizarre shapes that he can utilize. We have pointing down into a pool at an angle. We have a water slide weaving through the yellow contrasted against the blue. 
back to some building photography. I know you guys were missing that. We have a building and a sidewalk. This photo, just like the previous one a while back, has a, a terribly terrific, wait, a terrifically terrible feeling. It's unsettling. It, it's desolate and severe feeling. And two reasons why that is so is, one, we have a sidewalk that's empty. It looks like there should be people there, but there's nobody there. This looks like a part of town that you could walk around alone and not see somebody for a while. There's also, on the front of this building, the facade, there's no doors. You would expect there to be some sort of, like, sign or graffiti or a storefront. We're looking at the back of a building. It feels quite strange, and so therefore we have all of these, these uh, aesthetics happening. The whole scene feels a bit wrong, and I, and I love that. And here we have the photographer style applied to a close-up. We have a building, but we're only looking at a specific window. We have some kind of jacked up blinds. The color palette's very interesting. We have some brownish, reddish colored marble type texture going on and then we have the blinds being white and it looks like he has color graded it to have a bluish tone and the complexity in the blinds breaking up the patternicity once again adds to the intrigue in this photo another one of a building but in front of the building this time which is not as interesting as the other buildings he tends to photograph we have a palm tree just poking up from the bottom. And sometimes when you're taking a photo, you're, you're trying to make it work, sometimes it just needs an interesting touch. Another interesting touch that is a serendipitous interesting touch in this case is the two windows on the top of the building. One is open. With, most of them are closed. But one is opened, and then another one is open, but a little less. Add some intrigue. In another one, we have an older tan building. This looks like a building you would find in a desert, and I think it is in it. Maybe this was taken in Dubai. I see some dirt around the bottom of the building. Beautiful, interesting architecture going on. And in the background, we have new buildings, these huge skyscrapers. You can't see the top of them. You can't even see, you can't see a, much of them at all. So there's a lot of context removed. You have just enough to know that these are these are new buildings made very recently, which is what new means. <laughs> so we have this color contrast between the blue and, and the background and the tan and the foreground. And then we have a contrast between old and new. And this is an interesting juxtaposition to create if you are into urban exploration. We also have pockets of complexity on the front of this building that, um, that work well with the patternicity of everything else. And what I mean by complexity, by the way, is the... There are little there are windows with some crazy designs in them. And I love the lamps on top as well. That's fun. Of the of the first layer of the building. It's like old street lamps. We need more lamps like that. And finally, we have a terrific photo that's quite enthralling. You have this vibrant red interior of a building. In the background we have the ocean. We're looking at the ocean through a window. And so we have this contrast between red and blue, a very simple contrast. Looks like something out of a movie from the 1980s. What do I have to say about this photo? It's just good. 
Okay, in conclusion, what do I have to say about this photographer's work? We have a photographer who is able to compose an astonishingly organized photo. He is able to compose an astonishingly perfect feeling photo over and over again, prolifically. And this is something that takes a lot of time to master. It takes a long time to go out, have a vision in your head, and make that actually happen on the back of your camera. His style is fed by a curiosity for the bizarre and the unique. And he also ventures into places that I think many would consider to be mundane, especially if they live in that area. And one of our jobs as photographers and as artists of any sort is to remind people of the beauty in the mundane. So with all of that said, if you enjoyed this, please feel free to hit the like button. It lets me know that you enjoyed it. It means a lot when I see those likes. If you subscribe because you think my content is neat, that in fact makes you very neat. I would love to hear your thoughts. Please feel free to share with me other photographers that you would like for me to cover. Links below to all the things that I uh, that are important to mention, including my social security number. Uh, crap, I should probably remove that. But I forgot how to use YouTube. I need to make some phone calls.